Welcome back, and thanks for stopping by to listen to today's episode. This is Amy Stevens, your host, and you're listening to the Balance Your Mind, Body, and Business podcast, the show that gets you ready for your day, whether it's being at your desk or just trying to deal with people. If you're an introvert like me and love a quick message before heading into the office, I have a great lineup for you each week. Let's get started. Welcome back, everyone, to the Balance Your Mind, Body, and Business podcast. This is Amy Stevens, and I am here with the beautiful Jen Higgins. How are you today, Jen? Hi, Amy. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks for taking time out of your busy day and being here to chat with us about a topic that I was searching for when I ran my Chakra Master class, the Enneagram. And this is something that was very interesting to me. We met in a, in a group that we were both participating in, and I... I'm just so curious about this whole process, even to this day, you know, we've now, I think it's been two years that we've been in contact with each other. And even to this day, this, this process still is just so intriguing to me because it's beyond Myers-Briggs. It's beyond some of the other bits and pieces of personality testing. And the beautiful piece that I love about your business model is, is that you're a coach as well. So let's just dive in, tell the audience what all you do and how we're going to kind of go through our conversation here today. I would love to. I am a business coach. I have been in the personality arena for over two decades now. Doesn't seem like it could be that long. I started in corporate and worked with a bunch of psychologists there to develop a personality profiling system that was for our employees. And it was all about improving cultural health and helping them be more aligned to the company vision so that they would show up to work with a lot more empowerment, a lot more motivation. It wasn't just to get a paycheck, but it was actually to make a difference. And when I left corporate, I started my own coaching practice. I started a sales business and a coaching practice at the same time. And my focus was working with work at home moms, helping them create balance between their family and their work. I was a new mom at the same time too. And so we were kind of doing it together. How can we be good moms and be a good, still be successful in business as well? And so we did a lot of creating our, I didn't call it brand back then, but that was basically what it is. Like what kind of brand do you want? What kind of message you want to put out there? And then what kind of systems do you want to put in place? But I focused a lot as a tool, personality testing, and I used a different tool, a, a different profiling system back then. But the main premise was, if you don't work with your personality, you're going to burn out faster. If you keep comparing yourself to other people in your field, you're going to feel 
stressed because we never, we all were own worst credit, right? So when you start comparing, you're comparing the worst parts of you to the best parts of what you're seeing of your competitors. And it's just like apples and oranges. And so I really coach them into staying in their own lane, understanding how their brain works, how their personality works, how their circumstances work, and creating the systems around that so they can have a successful business and still accomplish their family goals at the same time. Well, that's very interesting because there's a lot of women who I think even now they're starting to kind of rebrand themselves. <laughs> so when you spoke that you started your business as a new mom, well, now you're almost an empty nester, right? <laughs> So when you go from kind of this starting point in your life with your husband and your new baby, and you kind of have this part of your business that takes on one aspect to now here in a new part of your life, I'm curious from that standpoint. So you may have still women who've been with you from the get-go for almost, you know, 20 years. Isn't it crazy? I know I'm in that same boat. <laughs> It's like, what is that? They say a quarter of a century. That's where I'm at. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 97 or 98, I think that's how long it's been. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's crazy when we start thinking about that. But anyway, but from that standpoint of how your message begins to shift, even as different types of life experiences take place. How does that impact business at this point for you and even your clients? For me in particular, so at the beginning, I had small children. They were kind of easy. That was the only time they were easy. <laughs> but they were small. They were easy to just kind of pick up and go and take with me and I could work around their schedules. And then when my son, when my older son was about two and a half, he started showing early symptoms, early signs of autism. And so that threw me for a loop. And then around age four was when he officially got diagnosed. And his younger brother was two at the time who has some major sensory issues in ADHD. And so I raised these two neurodivergent children and it wasn't easy balancing. It wasn't easy balancing life. And then you add a business on top of that. It made it a little bit more complicated, but somehow or another, I made it through. And that has been such a huge part of my messaging currently, because what I discovered raising neurodivergent children is that there's nothing wrong with them. They're just wired differently. And it's not something for them to be ashamed of. It's not something that should hold them back. But when they work with it, when they recognize what the benefit and the gift and the superpower of the way their brain is wired, how that works for them, then they're so much happier because that's what my job is as their mom. My, my job is to raise happy, healthy adults from the time that they were born until, I mean, only one's an adult now. But, <laughs> but that was what my role was for them and helping them. Okay. So my older son has a little issue with communicating with reading body language. So did I just accept that? No, I created a curriculum for lack of a better term, because I did homeschool them of helping him understand body language when someone does, because he's very logical minded. If someone does this, this is what it means. If someone does this, this is what it means or what it could mean. 
And I believe that because I gave both of them the space and the tools to be able to recognize and self-validate what is good about them already and where they need to improve, they were able to make amazing strides. My older is 19 now. And other than still living at home in my basement, his communication skills for you know his diagnosis, there are some times where I literally forget that he even has a diagnosis. And so that's pretty amazing to me. And so what I have done is I've taken the years that I've done basically coaching my kids on how to do their schoolwork, how to handle friendships, how to make friends, how to, you know, and attract friends. That's kind of what we do in business, right? We're instead of attracting friends, we're attracting clients, right? And maintaining those business relationships to not just please our customers and please our clients, but also to please ourselves. Because if we are not in a safe place where we are confident in who we are and comfortable with who we are, even if we don't get the proper validation outside of us. You know, if someone says you're not doing that right or you should be doing it this way, that may be true for them, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's true for you. And with the Enneagram, it makes it really, really clear on a wiring basis, like how we are hardwired in our brains to understand those different patterns of our personality. And I have always been fascinated with personality tests and how we communicate with each other and how we communicate even within ourselves. And mm -hmm. this whole process of understanding the different types of personality. So chat with me, how many personality types are there within the Enneagram? With the Enneagram, there are nine profiles. However, that is just a representation of, I call it the personality spectrum. So there is a wide range of personalities because we each have a, a nature part of our personality and we have a nurtured part of our personality. So the nine Enneagram types represent a larger umbrella of profiles. And then each of those types can be broken down into subtypes. And I won't get into that because that gets kind of complicated. But what I love about the Enneagram is that it does take in consideration how you were designed, how you were wired, and also your experiences throughout your life and how they mold and shape you and how you've adapted. And I think that that's an important piece to it as well, because whatever life experiences you may have, let's just say we enter into the world, we're this newborn coming into the world. Do we enter into the world as one Enneagram type and then we shift through our life experiences or are we always the same? You're always the same Enneagram type because our Enneagram type is based off of our motivations and not our behaviors. Now, there are some stereotypical behaviors that are associated with each of the types. And this is actually a series that I'm going through on my podcast. I'm talking about the true types or the natural types versus the pseudotypes or the nurture types, which is just behaviors. Because just because, for example, I'm a, a type seven, I don't behave like a stereotypical type seven. And there's different reasons for that based off of my life experiences. However, there are other types out there who can behave like type sevens, but not actually be type sevens. In fact, I had someone comment on one of my Instagram posts where it was just a type three versus a type seven. And she says, I always confuse myself. I, I go back and forth between a type three and a type seven. And if you're familiar with the Enneagram symbol, 
the type seven and type three are on opposite ends of the symbol. So your listeners can go to my website and look at the symbol if they want to see that, but they're on the opposite ends. Their motivations are very different, but sometimes their behaviors can look a lot alike. So when they're working more on a diagonal, then that's where they can start to work um, similar in action. Is that correct? Some of the ways that they are categorized, I wrote a book, it's called The Secret to Being You, and it's the tagline is using brain science and the nine acknowledgement languages to unbox your Enneagram. And the nine acknowledgement languages is the methodology that I use to really delineate these very nuanced differences between the types and also the very nuanced similarities between the types. So for the three and the seven, the reason why those two get so, why they sometimes can get mixed up is because of the acknowledgement language that is called pay style. And they are both very, very fast paced. They always seem to be on the go, very, very busy, but that's just on the outside. So that's what I call a surface motivation or a behavior. But deep down inside the core motivation, and sometimes that core motivation is a blind spot. We may not even know, especially if the person lacks self-awareness, they may not even know what that core motivation is. And when they hear it, they might think, no, that's not me. But the more and more they reflect on their experiences and how they are handling themselves in under stress and different situations, it becomes more of an aha. I'm like, oh my gosh, I do. <laughs> that does matter to me. That is really important to me. Uh, so for a type three, it's a lot more about um, being admired and having outside validation and being seen as a winner or accomplished. And for a type seven, it's less about outside validation and simply having satisfaction or contentment or being satisfied, even if they have to kind of reframe negative circumstances and put a silver lining on it. And so those are some of the, those are the things that drive a type seven. So type seven is more about contentment. And for a type three, it's more about seeking admiration from other people. I'm curious in this whole process of understanding how to kind of identify your personality, your acknowledgement language. I'm curious, do most people have a struggle with nailing down what that is, or do most people find that they know immediately? It depends on your personality type. <laughs> and also depends on your experiences and how self-aware we are. Some people consider themselves empaths, and sometimes that can blur the lines of which type you resonate with, because as you know, empaths struggle with these emotional boundaries or energy boundaries, even where there, it's like, okay, is this my energy or is this someone else's energy? Energy Are these my emotions or are these somebody else's emotions? And so that could be a thing. But if we're just looking straight up, if we're just looking at no presence of trauma, no presence of, you know, just securely attached people. If you're familiar with attachment styles, if we're just looking at securely attached people, three types are, and there's nine types total. So a third of them are going to be, yeah, yeah, that sounds like me. And they're definitely going to be on board. They're going to figure it out right away. Type eight's one of those <laughs> that pretty much knows right away. Type five is another and type two. And then there's, there are types that 
are a little bit less aware. Even if they have a lot of self-awareness already, just a part of their wiring causes them to resist a little that they are blind to, for example, for a type three. A lot of times type threes are blind to the fact that they are led by their emotions and by that need for validation. And type sixes are blind to the fact that they are fear-driven and that is why they overthink things. They don't always believe that they're overthinkers, but they are. And type nines are blind to their anger or their when they're being inconvenienced, they'll be very blind to that. And so they tend to just go with the flow. And they're the ones that, for a, as a coach, when I am doing a typing session, it's a little bit easier for me to see because I'm on the outside, but for the other person, they can struggle a little bit with understanding those acknowledgement languages and identifying with those. And then the the last third, they're aware of their emotionality or their energy or their thoughts and beliefs, but they tend to suppress them. And so, or they tend to be a little bit more idealistic. And so they show a little bit more restraint. So type ones show a little bit more restraint when it comes to their anger or when it comes to projecting ethics or morals or perfectionism. That's They're kind of known for as being the perfectionist. I'm not a big fan of labels, but that is, if people are listening and they're already familiar with the Enneagram, they'll be familiar with that. And then type fours, they are very aware of their emotionality, but because they feel all the feels, they tend to suppress them. And so when it does leak out, then they're seen as dramatic. And then for type sevens, we tend to suppress all our thoughts that especially negative thoughts, like if we're having negative thoughts, or if we are wanting to complain because we have a disappointment, something like that, we tend to suppress those thoughts. And so, so basically, there's different trends depending on these different categories. And that's what the nine acknowledgement languages really helps us delineate is what category or stance reflex that each of the types take and how they view themselves. And that's what's going to affect how quickly they'll be able to type themselves. Well, and this whole piece about understanding how to communicate with others. So as, as you are a business coach and understanding how to help your clients be able to improve their communication with their clients or their colleagues, or if they're starting a new business and they need to have help in that branding message, this is all a very important conversation because, and I will be honest, you and I have talked about my number three times now. And to me, I'm the type who's like, all right, this should have been done for the first conversation. But each time we speak, there's another layer of things that are being mm -hmm. asked and understood about myself and questioning things. And I will say the first conversation that we had, it was a bit intense, more so than I ever thought that it would go through. Like I've done the quizzes online and that kind of thing. Yeah, no, this was not a quiz online type of format. So those of you listening, it's almost like a therapy session. <laughs> 
but don't be afraid of that. Like I want to emphasize, don't be afraid of that because it started getting me into a mental state of understanding. Oh, okay. So that's why I do certain things or, oh, that's why certain people are drawn to me. So it really helped me to understand how to present myself in a different way and be more clear in my communication, yeah. even with the customers who would be drawn to me. So for those of you who are kind of like, I don't fully understand this. Trust me, I'm right there with you. I'm still learning myself, but each conversation that we've had, and then I'm reading your book in between our conversations, this has given me a new insight. Mm -hmm. So your book is very easy to read. It's outlined wonderfully. And I have found myself kind of skipping from one part to another based on our conversations that we've had. But then I go back and I read the entire chapter from the beginning to end. I do also want to say for those who get your book, and I do recommend get Jen's book because even your intro, I've known you for two years. I didn't know some of your background and your intro really hit home for me because of the situations that you've had. And I don't want to give it away. I want people to get your book because that, I think that there's a lot that people can relate to that's even within your intro on your experiences in life as well. So you've mentioned you have a podcast. What's the name of your podcast? It's called Unbox Your Personality and it's on Spotify, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Okay. So I actually didn't know about your podcast. So now I'm going to join your podcast and, and subscribe Yay. to that and get that information. You also send out emails to people. Yes, I have an online business network for entrepreneurs who love the Enneagram. And what we do is we talk about how you can brand yourself, how to use the Enneagram with your marketing and to attract your ideal audience. So sometimes once you recognize who, what type you are, you'll recognize, oh, I naturally attract certain Enneagram types. And then the people that I can help, that I can really truly help are these other types. And then I help you with your marketing or we just kind of all talk about it together. But we talk about how you can change your language, change your messaging in your copy so that you can attract the types that you know need your services. And you'll also tend to repel certain people. And what I love about knowing that little tidbit of information is that when someone ticks you off, you can let them go. It's okay. They're just a fraction of all the personalities out there on the personality spectrum. And you don't have to get so attached to a sale per se or losing a sale because there are a lot of customers out there that you can serve that are your ideal client and do need you. Yeah. And that's very important. I often see in business coaching calls and, and business Facebook groups and things like that about people saying, oh, I sent out an email and I had so many people unsubscribe and I'm doing, you know, the side clap. Yay that they unsubscribed. <laughs> yeah. They're not your ideal client. Exactly. <laughs> and that's a good thing. Like it's like spring cleaning for your home, you know, it's like, oh, yay. They took it upon themselves to leave my group. I love it. <laughs> And it's so freeing. It's absolutely freeing to be able to be neutral to something as 
benign as unsubscribing or even canceling appointments. You know, how many times have we canceled dentist appointments or had to reschedule? It had nothing to do with the dentist. Well, majority of the time, (laughs) the majority of time it has nothing to do with the dentist, but just because life circumstances happened, something came up, a roofer came, right? (laughs) So something had to shift. And we, people are entitled to their own priorities. They are the authority of their priorities. And so when we can become neutral, that we are not necessarily number one top priority to everyone, I think it makes us happier. It makes us way happier. We're so much less stressed about being rejected or losing a sale or whatnot, any of those icky things, negative self-talk that sometimes we say to ourselves, maybe that we're not cut out for this. Nobody needs my services. I'm not helping anyone. I'm not making a difference. We say all these crappy things to ourselves and none of it's true. It's almost always because the other person is experienced something in their life and that's okay. All right. So what you're just stating here could also go into personal relationships, friendships, next door neighbors. It can, it can Absolutely. go into, it can go into that more personal aspect of your living in addition to business. Mm-hmm. And so this, I cannot tell each of you listening how important it is to understand certain things about communication. And this has been an eye opener for me big time. And I really, I cannot state enough about getting your book and starting that process first, reading the book and then scheduling an appointment with you. So your, what is your website? Tell everybody your website. It's powercoachgen.com. And that aspect of understanding the next steps on how you can begin to create stronger bonds with people and be able to communicate in a much different level is very, very important. Well, Jen, I can't tell you how excited I was that we were finally able to connect and we have opposite schedules. You're on the East Coast, I'm on the West Coast. So we have some issues with scheduling sometimes, but you are always such a wealth of knowledge. And I always look forward to talking with you. And I have to say, Jen's journey of writing her book was also a whole other experience that she took her audience on. She shared her experiences and going through COVID, you had that, and then you did a whole rewrite of your book, but I won't give that all away, but (laughs) that's a really important thing. So you're on Instagram as well, Power Coach Jen on Instagram. And then what I'll do is in the show notes, everybody can have access to some of your other information and you run freebies quite frequently as well. So people can listen to your podcast. They can participate in some other aspects that you do for business and really get themselves organized and ready to rock and roll. Yes. And on that website, powercoachgen.com, that is my business card. So you will find all of the relevant links and all of the newest updates and announcements at that link. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Jen, 
thank you so much for being here, talking with the audience, letting them know about what you have. Ladies, it's just a nugget. She's just giving you one little drop in the hat. There is so much more that she can share with you. And I highly encourage you get started listening to her podcast and uh, receiving those emails so that you can stay in touch with her. Jen Higgins, thank you so much for sharing about the Enneagram power coach, Jen. She's rocking it at always. And thank you. Thanks, Amy. You've reached the end of another episode of the Balance Your Mind, Body, and Business podcast. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to sign up for my newsletter to receive any free materials I have. Head on over to my website at amystevens.com. Or take a look at the show notes for more information. If you enjoyed what you heard today and past episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes to be updated on the weekly podcast. And I'd love to have you rate and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you and see you at the next episode.